0: your Catholic drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be
1: to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We have made it. It is Friday god is so very good as is usual there's a lot of crazy stories in the headlines the biden administration moves to force religious hospitals to, to perform same-sex changes forcing religious hospitals to perform same-sex changes there's an alaskan village who does not allow unvaccinated people to go shopping the washington department of health lets providers deny white people to receive vaccines that's kind of crazy. And Black Lives Matter protesters storm Oklahoma Capitol. Lots to discuss in the news today. It's kind of crazy. But the good news is uh, we have a great guest in our guest segment in this hour. Cindy Morales is going to be our guest. She is with uh, uh, Shout My Story. Now, you might have heard about Shout Your Abortion. that insanity well she's sort of the opposite like sort of the counter to that in a very powerful way shout my story these families who were pressured to abort their children because they had special needs tries to be 18 or down syndrome or what have you and the doctors tried to to pressure them to get abortions and these families said no to abortion and yes to life And their kids and their stories are moving and beautiful. And uh, Cindy Morales is going to be our guest to share that uh, organization and what they're trying to accomplish today in this hour. Very excited about that. Uh, Speaking of which, Emily Alcarez is here. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Do you have any plans for this weekend? Uh, Survive it, mostly. Just surviving. (laughs)
2: Surviving what? Surviving the weekend?
1: (laughs) That's the one thing I wish I could do is just take a long nap so I can get ready for Monday again, but... No, uh we we got some things on the docket for tomorrow. I, I know that our parish is blessing their our building that we just uh, completed, so there's a big celebration at our parish tomorrow. Not 100% sure if we're going to that yet, but then, of course, there's like a birthday party tomorrow afternoon, and then Sunday we're visiting with friends, so it's probably going to be pretty busy. Plus, I have to fix my car again. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: Sounds like fun. Um, yeah. But someone who does not need a nap this weekend because he already took one yesterday. <laughs> totally caught
1: up Adrian Fonseca on his Ouch. nap schedule. Ouch! It's good to see me out you. We're here. just teasing. We're just Before teasing. the show
3: starts, it's a good change to uh, to see you. <laughs> you know, it, prior it, to show starting, I, I thought about sleeping in. Uh, decided against it today. Maybe, maybe next Monday. You know, we'll maybe see. next Monday. We'll see.
1: <laughs> Very generous of you. Very oh. generous. <laughs> All right, praise be to God. Uh, So much to dive into today. So we're going to do the headline news with Emily Alcaris here in one moment. Then we'll have the saint of the day, the gospel of the day. We'll do a what's concerning us section. I want to jump into LeBron James. I meant to talk about that yesterday, but with Adrian's uh, 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 missing out on the first hour yesterday, I got really distracted. Uh, So I want to bring that up, plus a bunch of other stories. And then, of course, we'll have our guest, Cindy Morales, from Shout My Story. That's all happening in this hour. In the next hour, if you are at all able to join us, today is the day where we get the last three opportunities to get in on the prize for our Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show. So somebody's going to be able to win that today. We'll pull a name. Out of the coffee cup of divine providence that'll happen in the second hour for those that are able to join us we surely would love to have you with us all right so let's pray for your intentions for our intentions of course we're still praying for god's provision for uh emily's replacement as she is uh, transitioning back home we're praying for her praying for peace in our country and uh and peace around the world today for sure let's for- ask our lady to intercede for all of us in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen
2: An Obama-era Justice Department official with a history of pro-abortion and pro-transgender statements was confirmed to a top position at the agency on Wednesday. The Senate voted to confirm Vanita Gupta, former president of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights and formal civil rights head at the Justice Department, as associate attorney general on Wednesday afternoon. Gupta had previously served as head of the Civil Rights Division at the Justice Department in her new role. She will be expected to address race relations and police reform at the Justice Department. But in overseeing the Civil Rights Division, she could also be in a position to advance transgender ideology and abortion. Gupta has in the past argued that religious freedom should give way to claims of LGBT or sex discrimination. In the case of the Little Sisters of the Poor against the HHS contraceptive mandate, Gupta argued in 2020 that the sisters and others should not have a religious exemption to the mandate to cover contraception. The U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, a bipartisan federal commission, reported that some countries' governments targeted religious minorities through misinformation campaigns or with disproportionate restrictions during the pandemic. In Sri Lanka, for example, the report said... Authorities required the cremation of those who died from COVID-19, including Muslims, for whom this practice is religiously prohibited. The report added that authorities in Vietnam arrested members of the Ha Mon religious group, accusing them of sabotaging implementation of solidarity practices. In Pakistan and Saudi Arabia, officials blamed Shia religious communities for the spread of COVID-19 and subjected some neighborhoods and localities to stricter lockdown measures. Johnny Moore, a U.S. US CIRF commissioner, said, We saw all over the world the Jewish community in particular was targeted. And he added that egregious and unconscionable tropes blamed the Jews for the pandemic. Bishop Robert McElroy, well known for his public opposition to Catholic Church teaching on several issues, has been promoted by Pope Francis to the Vatican's dicastery for promoting integral human development. The move, announced in the Vatican's newly released yearbook and reported by the Jesuit-run America Magazine, serves to cement McElroy as one of Pope Francis's favored clerics. McElroy joins the board of the dicastery that Francis himself established in 2016. Bishop McElroy, who objects to church teaching on abortion, divorce and remarriage, homosexuality, and the priesthood, has also repeatedly expressed his strong support for the radically pro-abortion president, Joe Biden. McElroy will thus now join one of the larger bodies of the Roman Curia, which is made up of four former councils. The Pontifical Council for Justice and Peace, the Pontifical Council for the Pastoral Care of Migrants and Itinerant People, the Pontifical Council Cor Unum, and the Pontifical Council for Health Care Workers. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
1: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Maria Gabriela Sagadu, pray for us. Blessed Maria Gabriella was born on the seventeenth of march nineteen fourteen on Sardinia, which is an island just off the coast of Italy. She was born to a family of shepherds, a child as a child she was described as obstinate, critical, protesting, and rebellious. Sound familiar? Uh, but also loyal and obedient when she would say no to a request, but she would often act on it immediately. I seem to remember a parable of our Lord uh, in the gospel about that. At 18, she became gentler, her temper abated, and she became involved in prayer and charity and joined a Catholic youth movement. At 21, she entered the Trappistine Monastery and uh, was accepted. Her attitude finally became Quote, now do what you will." Unquote. When the community's leader explained a request for prayer and offering for the great cause of Christian unity, Maria Gabriella felt compelled to offer her young life to the cause. Though she'd never been sick before, she suddenly developed tuberculosis. In a mere 15 months spent in prayer for unity, it took her to the point of death. She would say, "...in simplicity of heart, I gladly offer everything, O Lord. The Lord put me on this path He will remember to sustain me in battle. To His mercy I entrust my frailty. I saw in front of me a big cross. I thought that my sacrifice was nothing in comparison to His. I offered myself entirely, and I do not withdraw the given word." God's will whatever it may be this is my joy my happiness my peace I will never be able to thank enough I cannot say but these words my god your glory unquote. Blessed Maria Gabriella pray for us The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6 verses 52 through 59 The Jews quarrelled among among themselves saying is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. These things he said while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Yes or yes. I mean, do you not love John chapter 6? I mean, I just I just love it. This was John 6 for me. I shared this before. John 6 for me was the critical point in giving my fiat, my yes to Christ and to his Catholic Church, I had to understand, wrap my brain around how literal Jesus was being in John chapter 6 on the issue of the Holy Eucharist because I was being led astray by, by people who would say he's being figurative, he's being symbolic, he's being metaphorical, he doesn't mean this. Uh, And yet that's not the case. When you read very carefully, you see how often, how many times he doubles down on the proposition, you must eat my flesh and you must drink my blood. He's being, in fact, very literal here. Very literal. In fact, there's a big difference between the literal take of Scripture and the literalistic take of Scripture. You might hear the phrase, it's raining cats and dogs outside. It's John Martinoni likes to use as an example. There aren't actual cats and dogs falling from the sky. It's a figure of speech, as we all know. Jesus is being very, very literal here. But the distinction, the thing we can't wrap our minds around is well, does he mean cannibalism? No, he doesn't mean his, his flesh right then and there. He meant his glorified, his divinized flesh that he gives to us sacramentally in, in the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Holy Eucharist. And they can't figure this out in their mind. And in fact, um, that's part of the, the challenge here. Is the Jews are are really struggling? They're thinking cannibalism. They're of course remember Deuteronomy says that you can't you know eat someone's uh, flesh or drink their blood. You can't even drink the blood of an animal. For crying out loud, they understand that, but they're not hearing what Jesus is trying to say. They first were invited to faith, and then that the the contest, the sort of the test of that faith would be on the Eucharist, his flesh. And his blood, literally, being given to us, and we must accept that we must have that we must live and breathe in Him, and He in us, and He gives that to us through the sacraments. The early church fathers, of course, embrace this wholeheartedly. I, if, if you really want to uh, get a beautiful insight into the early church, I highly recommend the seven epistles of Saint Ignatius of Antioch, and you will see repeatedly his affirmation that uh, the flesh of Christ is in the Eucharist and the actual body. Of blood, soul, and divinity. But here is what uh, Chrysostom would say. He says, quote, as they thought it po- impossible that he should do as he said, i.e. give them his flesh to eat. He shows them that it was not only possible, but necessary. Augustine would say, whereas this meat and drink, i.e. the body and blood of Christ is such that, that he that taketh it not does not have life, and he that taketh it has life even life eternal. I mean, it goes on and on. But here's the kicker. St. Augustine would warn us, very critically, to not receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist unworthily. Heretics and schismatics, he say, those who are living in fornication, they do so to their destruction. Be warned. Be warned. You must be in a state of grace. St. Augustine us We'll be right back with a What's Concerning Us more Catholic Drive Time headed your way. To Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. I want to thank GloryAndShine.com for generously underwriting a portion of Catholic Drive Time. They make personal care products, but they do an incredible job. I got the uh, the Warrior package, and it comes with beard balm, and it came with a mint soap bar that, unfortunately, just didn't. I wanted it to last like ten times longer because it was so good. Mint oh my heavens that's so good. Um but the packaging out of this world beautiful. Um really embracing uh the faith in a beautiful way sharing their product uh with their faith. It's incredible. So at any rate I highly encourage you to check it out
3: gloryandshine.com. Yeah all that made me uh want to go buy it just looking at the uh <laughs> the packaging is so cool. I I'm, yeah. I'm I'm probably going to go home and buy it to it be honest. Like, it's just it looks so cool. The, the 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 tissue paper alone. I was like, yes. It had the Sacred Heart of Jesus. They mapped the Heart of Mary. Yeah, uh, it's so cool. I know. <laughs> I, I, I the box went missing, and I'm like, honey, oh, I, honey, I, what did I know you do? Who took it? What did you do with
1: the box? The the tissue paper. Like, how many times does a guy say, "Hey, uh, honey, y- y- where did the tissue paper go?" I just want to make sure we keep that <laughs> tissue paper. I mean, every, everybody's. Inside voice is redneck, right? Just making just sure. mine. Uh, um, <laughs> but you know, it was just—it's amazing. The Sacred Heart of Jesus, Sacred Heart of Mary. It's beautiful. I love that. I was very inspired by that. And uh, great product, great people. Anyway, Glorianshine.com. Uh, coming up in about twenty minutes or so, Cindy Morales is going to be our guest. Shout your story is her uh, is her project, and it's uh, sort of an uh, it's a counter to the Shout My Abortion movement, which is literally insane. Um, there are a lot of families who have been pressured into aborting their children because of disabilities, trisomy 18, Down syndrome, et cetera. And there are a lot of families who have the courage to ignore that advice and say yes and keep their children, and those children are beautiful. And um, they share those stories in this project, and Cindy's going to tell us all about that in about 20 minutes from now. There's a ton of stories that I could dive in. I, I want to get on LeBron James here in a moment. I wanted to talk about that yesterday, but because uh, of uh, needing to produce the first hour and talk and think and uh, too many moving plates, I just didn't get to it. But here's a story real quick. It says Biden administration moves to force religious hospitals to perform same, uh, same, forgive me, let me reread this. Biden administration moves to force religious hospitals to perform sex change surgeries, forcing religious hospitals to act Contrary to what they believe about the dignity of the human person, the gift of human sexuality made in God's image and likeness, and to do these things anyway. Uh, this is reported by TheBlaze.com. It says, President Joe Biden's administration filed an appeal on Tuesday that aims to keep in place a mandate forcing religious doctors and hospitals to provide sex change surgeries despite their conscientious objections. The Obama administration first issued the rule known as the transgender mandate back in 2016 using a non-discrimination provision in the Affordable Care Act to require doctors and hospitals to provide sex reassignment surgeries to any and all patients, including children, so long as the procedure was recommended by mental health professionals. Uh, i 'll let you read the rest of the article yourself for all the details, but the point uh, that I think is important for us to to remember is as religious people you can 't just give in to the whims of the of the what 's happening now right we there 's a reason why we believe what we believe, and it 's not because we want to be uncharitable to people who find themselves you know thinking and feeling. Uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, or otherwise in a certain way, identifying in a certain thing, there's what we call natural law. People are made in the image and likeness of God. They are created male and female. And it would be uncharitable for, uh, for us to think otherwise because it's harmful to those people and you don't have to take my word for it. Go look at the stats. Look at the suicide rates among the trans community. Look at depression rates, look at uh, addiction rates or abuse rates among the trans community. It's skyrocket, it's high, it's massive. There's a reason for that. Um, It's because things are broken and not right. And it's not helping these people to force us religious folks to just go along to get along. And uh, all the talk about uh, the end times or the mark of the beast, well, when you are thinking and doing the will of the beast, you've got the mark already. So anyway, that's a very concerning story. Then, of course, uh, Washington Department of Health lets providers deny vaccines to white people for equity, according to uh, KTTH 770 up in the state of Washington, which is posted up on MyNorthwest.com. That's an interesting story. Kind of goes also with the Alaskan village that bans unvaccinated people from shopping in person. Boy, we knew that was coming. And then, did you guys see this story about Black Lives Matter protesters storming the Oklahoma Capitol? No. Yeah, they Why? stormed the Capitol. And you know how they have the gallery that overlooks the floor where the representatives you know, sit on their fancy desks and, and, and do their business? Well, they, they were up in the gallery shouting vulgarities down to them. Um, you know, back in January 6th, that was called insurrection. Apparently not now. Uh, this is the article out of the Epic Times. It says a group more of more than two dozen Black Lives Matter protesters interrupted Oklahoma's House of Representatives on Wednesday to rally against Republican-backed bills, including legislation that protects motorists who are inadvertently cause harm to riders or protesters who put motorists' lives at risk. So here's the rub: they're trying to prevent people from blocking off roads to protest, and. Black Lives Matter says, nope, that's, that, we need to be able to block uh, roads off, and we need to be able to jump on people's cars and drag people out, and we need to be able to, to do that, and you can't stop us from doing it. Literally insane. Now, do Black Lives Matters have the right to protest? Yes, I, I would defend that. Do they have the right to make their voice heard? I, yes, I would defend that too. Do they have the right to harm? No. No, they don't. Uh, and if we aren't going to tolerate the january sixth uh break in of the of our nation's capital, why should we tolerate one in each of our capitals uh, uh around our our country i don 't know very crazy our our audience you can always comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. You can let us know what you think
3: about all this as well. You know one thing that 's kind of a similar vein is uh, the Daily Wire reported a story on the six six campus hate crimes that turned out to be hoaxes. Now, the important thing to note about this is that these are just six. That means there is much, much more, and these are limited to just the ones on college campuses because there are uh, hate crime hoaxes all over America all the time. And the reason why we see this, so many uh, hate crime hoaxes, is because the amount of hate crimes is so few, so far between, uh, that they cannot find real ones to talk about, and so they are always jumping on these uh, s- these situations where it seems like, oh, there's a, uh, a hate crime, there's a racist, uh, white supremacist person uh, spray painting things, and it turns out that they were doing it to themselves in order to get yeah. attention. Yeah, it happens over and over and over again, and it's this it's this cry for attention, this cry to be a victim, and it's sad because we aren't the vi- we aren't victims and we shouldn't want to be victims the only and uh, situation that we should want to be a victim is a victim's soul for christ to make reparation for sins against the immaculate heart of mary and the sacred heart of jesus though that's the only kind of victim we should be as social victim what's the point who cares yeah. it's not a bi- it's it's not worth anything it's so sad that it's become a sort of social currency uh, to be have victim status
2: and Right, and the actual hate crimes that are being ignored right now are the increasing acts of vandalism against Christian and Catholic churches. Yes. Like, that has just been skyrocketing. Those are actual hate crimes.
1: Well, they burned a Polish church down in Minnesota the, uh, the day of the George Floyd verdict being read.
2: Every single day, I see new acts of vandalism in the headlines, That because I, I spend all morning looking up the headlines every day. New and new acts of vandalism. Yeah, I don't have time to report them all. There's so many.
1: And, you know, talk. About, let's talk about fanning the flame here. So this is the LeBron James story that I wanted to get into. Of course, he plays mm-hmm. basketball for uh, the L.A. Lakers, and he has been heavily involved in a lot of these police-related shootings uh, the last few years, being very vocal on his Twitter feed. Well, we reported also about that a police officer-involved shooting in Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, the day after the George Floyd situation. Um, and... I don't know if you've seen the video of what happened. Uh, It looks really crazy. But LeBron James actually tweeted a picture of the police officer with the title, with the description that says, you're next, all capital letters, and then hashtag accountability with a picture of the police officer. That is fanning the flame of racial division, of violence, and more in this country and it might get him killed yeah or uh, what's gonna happen they were they put a severed pig's head and blood splattered all over the door to one of the w- trial witnesses at the george floyd uh uh he, you know the, the, the case the court the trial just to the witness what will they do to this guy i mean they show up at these people's houses and it gets crazy fast now if you watch the video the police officer tried to de-escalate the situation. There was a fight ensuing. And even the guy was trying to kick the, some girl in the head. And he tried to de-escalate the situation, but he had 15 seconds to make a decision. 15 seconds to decide what to do. And this girl with a knife in her hand is potentially stabbing this other girl. And he decides to uh, to stop that stabbing. Now, Joy Behar, according to LawOfficer.com, says uh, she thinks that the officer should have Fired his weapon into the air as a warning shot. You know, kind of like they did back in the Spaghetti Westerns. Like, that always works, does it not? I mean, what what possibly could be wrong with shooting your,
3: your firearm into the air as a warning to it, say, it, hey, shot. Even shop. worse than that... Is I saw, I saw people all over Twitter saying that he should have shot the knife out of her hand or shot her in the in the ankles, like <laughs> or I, used
2: a taser or, or, use, use or yeah taser. pulled her taser right. instead.
3: Uh, it's crazy. The people do not understand how firearms work. Um, and he was probably about what twenty yards away. If you've ever shot a gun from twenty yards away, you're not going to hit a hand. You're not going to hit the knife out of the hand. You're going to miss. And what's going to happen is it's going to go right past your target and hit someone else. That's not that's not how it's this is not a move life is not a movie right okay so if you train i mean there's a reason
1: why we have like delta force and and uh seal team six they train to take headshots uh and they're very effective at it because that's what they do eight hours a day police officers don't do that they're too busy working the streets they're too busy doing their jobs they can't be at the fire at the firing range shooting you know thousands and thousands of rounds practicing shooting the hand (laughs) That just is not going to happen. Number one. Number two, 20 yards away. I think that's too far for a taser. And he had seconds, and she was a uh, knife in hand, about ready to stab. Shooting up in the air. Does that bullet come down? I'm pretty sure gravity's still a law. Does anybody get hurt from that bullet? I don't know. Who don't knows? laws anymore. Who knows? But here's what I would say to LeBron. Not that my opinion matters. It doesn't. But LeBron, how about this? How about you go hang out with the police, get in a squad car, and run some shifts, do some traffic stops, respond to these domestic violence calls, and see for yourself what it's like to be a police officer. Just how hard it is to make a life
4: or death decision in 15 seconds.
1: Walk we'll out of the drive time is coming right up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
4: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Why do Christians talk so much about God and so little about humanity? G.K. Chesterton says that the people who insist that we forget divine things and think of human things end up talking about how helpless human beings are because of their faulty environment or their fatal heredity or their uncontrollable animal instincts. And it all ends with the old fatalist cry that we must forgive everything because there's nothing to forgive. But these things are not the human things. These are the subhuman things, the the things we share with animals. The human things are exactly what they dismiss as merely divine. The human things are free will, responsibility, authority, and self-denial. The things that are really human are also divine. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org
3: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, six a.m. Central and seven a.m. Eastern, right here on the Waterloo Bay Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
2: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Friday, April 23rd, and these are your headlines for today. Numerous states of the U.S. have been considering bills regulating abortion in recent weeks. In Idaho, a bill which would ban abortion after the detection of a fetal heartbeat passed the Senate on April 21st and is awaiting the governor's signature. Two bills are currently sitting on the desk of Oklahoma Governor Ken Stitt. One bans abortion after the detection of a fetal heartbeat, and the other would suspend a doctor's license for a maximum of one year if they perform an abortion. If the bills are not signed by the end of the week, they will go into effect in November. In Tennessee, lawmakers passed a bill requiring women to bury or cremate fetal remains after a surgical abortion at an abortion clinic. The bill is now on the governor's desk awaiting his signature. In Arkansas, Governor Asa Hutchinson signed a bill April 21st requiring women who were sexually assaulted and seeking abortion after the 20th week of pregnancy to report their assault to the authorities. And in Ohio, lawmakers are once again considering a version of the Born Alive Infants Protection Act, which requires that doctors provide life-saving care to infants who are born alive after an attempted abortion. A British human rights activist has said that it would make a big difference if the Vatican publicly expressed its concerns about the actions of the Chinese Communist Party. Benedict Rogers said in an interview that even a small gesture would be meaningful for those suffering as a result of Beijing's actions, both in mainland China and Hong Kong, saying, quote, I would say you don't have to speak out in a directly political way. For example, I think it would go a long way if the Pope were simply to pray for the Uyghurs and Christians in China and the people of Hong Kong as he does for so many other parts of the world, perhaps during the Sunday Angelus or on some other occasion. Rogers is the founder of Hong Kong Watch, a UK-based organization monitoring human rights, freedoms, and also works as a senior analyst on East Asia for the human rights group Christian Solidarity Worldwide. He described the Holy See's current stance on China as puzzling, given its long-standing commitment to defending human rights. In a video message sent to a climate summit on Thursday, Pope Francis urged care for nature and the preservation of the environment. He said, I greet you who are gathered in this initiative, which seems to me a happy one. The Climate Summit of 40 International Leaders was organized by President Joe Biden. The Holy Father said the summit encourages humanity to take charge of the care of nature, of this gift that we have received and that we have to heal, guard, and carry forward. This is increasingly significant because it is a challenge we face in the post pandemic era. We need to keep moving forward, and we know that one doesn't come out of a crisis the same way one entered. We come out either better or worse. During the summit held on Earth Day, Biden pledged that the U.S. would cut its carbon emissions to about half of 2005 levels by the year 2030. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
1: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date on the headline news. Uh, We're just waiting for uh, Cynthia Morales to join us uh, to talk about the Shout My Story campaign. Uh, the shout my story campaign was created in response to websites like shoutyourabortion.com that was promoted by Oprah Winfrey and celebrities that uh that wanted to shout their abortions you know to to sort of give them credibility to to be something that they're proud of it's just utterly insane to me now uh some of you know and some of you don't know uh that I am post-abortive so i grew up um Addicted to pornography from a very young boy, and in my world that was normal. I mean, your friends did it, everybody did it, everything was normal inside. You were you would feel crazy about it, you would feel conflicted and shame, but out on the outside, you saw that everything's you know everybody considered it very normal behavior, so you did as well, and so that sort of informed my young adult years uh, and the my time in the Marine Corps, and it was uh, literally insane. Because when you're addicted to pornography, your brain doesn't work correctly. You don't see human persons uh, made in the image and likeness of God. You see them as, as objects to be consumed. So that was my life in the Marine Corps. is trying to impress my father, trying to make him proud of me, You know, trying to uh, consume people like trophies on my wall. And um, no matter how much you consumed, you were never satisfied with that. You would it would just be like, I got to have more. I got to do more. I got to be more because this is what I thought made me a man. And then there was a young girl uh, who I met and uh, you know, I pursued her conquered and, and achieved what I wanted to put that trophy on my wall. And I got a phone call about a month later and she said she was pregnant and she said, you know, she didn't know what to do, but she was thinking about abortion. And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll pay for it. I'll drive you there. And I picked that girl up. It was a beautiful day, blue sky, sunshine in Hawaii. We drove over the mountains, 45-minute drive. I never said a single word to her, and I drove her to that abortion clinic. I gave her only one choice, and that was to abort that child. I share the entire story, all of the circumstances uh, of of what happened in my life that led to that moment and what happened after in a documentary film that I produced uh, called The Other Side of Fear. It's a look at the father wound and how the father wound, uh, especially in my life, but I know in the lives of countless thousands of people all across our planet, has uh, had a lot of effect, a lot of damage in their life. The moment that I uh, helped to take the life of that child through the act of abortion it almost ended me it was such a game changer in my life i got depressed I started to gain tons of weight. I was still in the Marine Corps, and I was utterly depressed to the point of suicide. And when I got out of the Corps in 95, I was uh, drinking myself to, uh, to oblivion. I was uh, spending my money in nefarious uh, nightclubs and bars and what have you and, and uh, reckless behavior because I didn't know what was wrong. I just knew something was wrong, and I could not connect those dots. It was a, a terrible time trying to find hope in a world of chaos and you don't have the light of Christ to guide you along the way. That's been the struggle. And it was only through a miraculous uh, time with with Jesus in 2002 that began the healing process, going to confession and confessing my sin, taking the burden off of me. It was amazing. So, to say, shout your abortion? Is so incredibly insane to me, so damaging, so hurtful. So it's a beautiful thing to see an organization like Shout My Story that embraces the dignity of life, even life that others consider not even worthy to live. And to uh, talk about that, Cynthia Morales has joined us now from Shout My Story. Good morning to you.
5: Hi, thanks for having me on. Praise be
1: to God. It's good to have you. Uh, we only have about three minutes before we have to take our break, but uh, we'll have another segment after that. Cynthia, uh, it's good to have you here. Tell us about Shout My Story.
5: Well, Shout My Story is an ongoing project of our organization, which is called Pro-Life Champions. And my husband founded Pro-Life Champions in 2011 to make our first project, which was called the 40 film, which looks at abortion as a human rights issue. And while we were promoting that film, we met a lot of women who had chosen life instead of abortion. And after we met a few, we were like, wow, those are great stories. We should say, instead of like the narrative being, I was in a bad situation, and I had an abortion, and here are the negative consequences. It's like I was in that exact same situation, but I chose life, and here's my story. And so, the first story we did was called "The Story of Mary Grace," which is on the, our YouTube channel, "Shout My Story," and um, that those, that's a couple who had a baby with anencephaly, and they were urged to abort at uh, 20 weeks, which at the time I thought was, you know, very strange. Even though when I was teaching theology, I had a student who wrote a paper who had had an abortion um, when she was six months pregnant because the doctor told her, her baby there was something wrong with her baby and she had an abortion and she wrote about it in her paper. Um, and I just didn't realize that this was normal for um, for doctors to, uh, to, to encourage yeah. women to abort. So within our Shout My Story project, which we have several short videos which are straight to the internet and social media to encourage women to choose life, we decided to make a longer documentary called Incompatible with Life, which features women who are told to abort by their doctors. So those are the projects that it's an ongoing project called Shout My Story, but within it are short films and then a longer documentary that we just released.
1: Wow, Cynthia Morales is our guest. Uh, Shout My Story, shoutmystory.org is the website. But that line incompatible with life. That is the strangest phrase. I mean to think about You know what it, remi- it remi- Go ahead.
5: It reminds me of it reminds me of um, the Lieben, Leben, I can't remember how to say it now Leben and Swert Leben something Wertes. It's the German. Mm. They they used it when it was life unworthy of life. In mm. 1938, they started killing disabled people in an, um, something called Action T4, where they decided that people who were not and these were Germans, you know, these were Aryans only they were disabled, and doctors and nurses using science started killing them by the thousands. And when Germans found out about it, they were upset, but then they just put it underground, and they killed over 200,000 disabled people between 1938 and 1945. That's
1: what it reminds me of. Wow. Can you imagine? Um, because they aren't good enough, because they, they don't have much to offer. And we've reduced, I was talking earlier before we jumped on, about the, the pornified brain that can't see humans for what they really are. Well, it seems like that's what the Germans were doing too. But don't go anywhere. We're going to have to pause, take this short break on the other side. Cynthia Morales is coming back, and we're going to talk more about this uh, ShoutMyStory.org project and their documentary film, Incompatible with Life, all that and more coming up. I've got a drive time right after this break. We'll be right back.
6: I want it. And I want it now.
4: One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey.
6: Our culture trains us to want things to happen quickly. St. Benedict, however, had a different idea and writes about it in his rule. When someone wants to join the monastery, he lets him wait outside for several days to see whether he will give up and go away or whether he will persevere and keep on knocking at the door. He knew that, to accomplish any worthwhile task in life, it takes a steady commitment over time. If we allow ourselves to get frustrated and give up when we do not get immediate results, we may never accomplish anything worthwhile.
4: For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com.
6: If we are confident that what we are attempting is what God wants us to do, we simply need to keep trying. God will bring about the end He wants. We merely need to be faithful to the task.
2: Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the Gospel of Life. They work with over a thousand pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org That's realestateforlife.org
1: Praise be to Jesus Christ Welcome back to Captain Drive Time Keeping you informed and inspired I'm your host, Joe McLean So good to be on with you Praise be to God Cynthia Morales is our guest Shoutmystory.org is our conversation It's a it's a uh, counterattack to the shout my abortion nonsense, and uh, embracing the dignity and the beauty of human life, no matter what. And these stories are just incredible about these families who embraced their their children with special needs, and the and the just the the, the bright sunshine of their lives, just. It's just amazing. You got to see this for yourself. Shoutmystory.org is the website. But uh, Cynthia Morales, welcome back to our program. I want to go back to Incompatible with Life because it's just so mind um mind numbing to think that doctors who are trained to save lives trained to uh uphold um the morality and ethics of of caring for human beings would be the ones through which they would receive the advice that they should abort this children because this child cannot offer anything good and is incompatible with life. It is just so contrary to reason uh, that it's hard to believe that these... I mean, the shock that these families must have had in hearing that from a doctor's mouth.
5: They do. Um, That's one of the reasons why every family who participated in the film wanted to help make it because they wanted to give... A message to doctors that their children are not um, unworthy of life, and quite frequently they're not even incompatible with life for real. Like they don't die at birth. <laughs> the only the only family that their child had, you know, died shortly after birth was the the, the first family, the Mary Grace, because she had anencephaly. But the other children have. Disabilities that are treatable, and if they are treated, they can live but there, I think that it's important too to notice that the doctors think they're doing the families a favor mm-hmm. by recommending termination. Um, kids with Down syndrome now with treatments live pretty much normal lifespans when I was a kid. Down syndrome kids died by the time they were 12. Like the average lifespan was 12. And that's because they had heart conditions that they didn't treat. Partly because they didn't know how. And then when they found out how, they they actually had ethical conversations. Should we give kids with Down syndrome heart surgery? Is that ethical? That was a conversation. In that's the crazy. No one would have it. It is crazy. And no one would have it now. But that's the conversation that ethics committees in hospitals have with kids with trisomy 18 now because trisomy 18 is a severely um, life-limiting diagnosis, and they see these children as burdens. And they will tell the families, "You shouldn't. You should terminate because this is going to destroy your family. This is going to ruin your finances. This is exactly what someone in the film says. You know, your other kids are going to, you know, be resentful. You know, um, and 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 so they think they're doing the families a favor by recommending termination. And our families wanted other families to know there's resources out there to help, and that this does not destroy your family. In fact, it builds compassion. It builds love. The kids with trisomy 18 are the most loving kids in the world. In fact, the doctor said, you know, I, I can't remember if this is on the film or not. I don't think it is. It's in the B-roll. He said, we can tell when trisomy 18 kids are sick because they're not smiling. Mm. Mm.
6: They're the happiest
5: kids in the world when they're feeling well, and we can give them treatments to help them feel well. So we wanted to let people know that. Um, doctors... Are not they're not God, and sometimes they think they are, and they they think they have the power to decide who lives and who dies. And this also reflects a utilitarian viewpoint of human beings that has grasped our you know our our zeitgeist in our society. We have the triple unholy I call it the unholy trinity of relativism, materialism, and utilitarianism. And utilitarianism is the idea that you're only only worth being around if you're useful, and that is like Psychotic. It's like a psychotic way of viewing the human person, you know, to only to only define us by our worth by if we're useful instead of hey you have worth because you are a human being. That's all you need. That's the only ticket you need to be useful. I mean, to be human, to be to be worthy. Right. So um, this
2: is this is the culture of death in a nutshell. You you know that Pope John Paul II spoke about so often is that we live in a culture now that sees um, the value. Of a human person and what they can produce. And, and so now this is why we see Scandinavian countries that are like bringing back eugenics that they completely wipe out the the population of Down syndrome children in their in their countries, because they don't even give them a chance at life. I mean, Whose right is that to decide whether or not someone is worthy of living? Um, And that's why I'm so grateful for all the work that you do, Cindy. You are so active in the pro-life movement and and activism in general. Could you please share with us some of the other projects that you're a part of?
5: Well, pretty much, um, shout my stories, is is what I'm doing right now. But do you want me to talk about the films that we've made? Yeah,
2: that would be great. Mm -hmm.
5: Oh, okay. So we wanted to address different areas where, you know, people choose abortion instead of life. Most, about 70% of women who, according to the Guttmacher Institute, who are the only people who collect these kind of statistics, 70% of women who choose abortion do so because they lack support. In other words, they don't really want to, They don't really want to have an abortion Um, and they don't think about it as killing their baby because if they did, that would be too painful. They think of it as, you know, clump of cells or whatever. They're telling whatever lies they are. But if they had a partner that said, I have your back, then they would say, let's choose life. But they have partners who will either say, get an abortion um, or whatever you want, I'll support you, which is code for get an abortion in their minds, at least. And so we wanted to, um, this, this, This year, we have a written story on our website of a a young woman who chose life when she was in college. Um, This is one we're hoping to film next month. I'm trying to nail down a date with her now, but she's getting ready to graduate from college, so kind of hard. But she was from a strict family from a different country, and when she found out she was pregnant, she thought about having an abortion because she was afraid of her family, and she wasn't sure what her boyfriend would think, but fortunately her boyfriend was supportive, and her family, even though they were extremely disappointed in her getting pregnant, they ended up having her back, and so she chose life. We have another person that was already filmed named Karina, who we filmed at the March for Life, with a similar situation. She had just finished associate's degree. She was starting her bachelor's. When she found out she was pregnant, she was from a strict Lutheran family. She wasn't sure, you know, how they'd react, but it ends up that they were extremely supportive, and they had her back, so she chose life. So what's the message for those Those families and those young girls who, that's the typical, like I wouldn't say the typical, statistically, that's who gets abortions are girls 18 to 24 who are like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. I can't be pregnant. It'll ruin my life. It doesn't ruin your life. The, The person who inspired Shout My Story was 16 when she got pregnant, and now her child is about 41. And when we met her, this is when the light bulb really went on. Wow, this is a great story. When I met her, she was 36. Her son was 20 in the armed forces, and she was so proud of him. He had his, you know, uniform, she had his picture, and she had a successful Internet business. Being pregnant at 16 was a challenge, but it didn't ruin her life. So hashtag, you got this girl. (laughs) And five years later, her son is now married and has a kid. So now she's a grandmother. So abortion doesn't just destroy one life, it destroys generations. And when you choose life, you build generations.
1: Yes, so true. Cynthia Morales is our guest. Shoutmystory.org is the website. And uh, it is really a a great counter effort to the uh, Shout Your Abortion story. Can you, I mean, as I was sharing before, before you jumped on, Cynthia, I was sharing my own, I'm post-abortive, and my own story of, of uh, abortion and the, if the negative effects it had in my life, and it was confession, it was a mystical encounter with Christ in 2002, and then confession, uh, that uh, gave me freedom from uh, from the, the pain and the suffering of, of the damage it does, and it really does do so much damage, and, and so many people hold on to to that for 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 so many years and it's just fermenting and destroying and eating away at their soul um and the i think the the the, the counter message here of the dignity of life these families that embraced their supposed difficulties and found great joy in that could really be a remedy to so many that are considering abortion and and the pop culture around them that would encourage them to do so um How are you getting the word out, besides like us uh, hopefully promoting it to our audience, of course, but how else are you getting the word out about the project?
5: It's actually, that is a challenge. I mean, I've been on um, Teresa Tamio's show on EWTN. I've been on Drew Mariani's show on Relevant Radio, so different Catholic radio programs. But our best partner is EWTN on social media because they have over a million followers, and so our... Short films have had over 2 million views, um, mostly on their pages. So our top story is actually called The Story of Rachel Mary, and that's another inspiration for this film because her mother was told that she was incompatible with life. And that's where we got the title, and that's where we first heard those words, which I want to emphasize, by the way, incompatible with life is not a medical diagnosis. It's a subjective description of your baby. It's not a diagnosis and they should not use that language. And activists who are working in that area specifically recommend that we change their language to life limiting diagnosis. It's life limiting. You're not going to have the same kind of life if you have a chromosomal abnormality or if you have a cleft palate even. You're going to have problems, but they're gonna, but they're treatable. You can get, you know, you can still live a full life when you have a disability. And P.S., even those of us who are abled, we can become disabled at any moment, right? We can have a stroke. We can have an automobile accident. We can have some kind of other accident. My niece is in basic training right now. She just had an accident where she fell. She fell seven feet and broke a um, a bone in her back. She's recovering before she finishes basic now. The doctor told her if she had fallen slightly differently, she would be a paraplegic right now. Wow. This can happen to any of us any time. If they're willing to terminate sick children in the womb and they're willing right now to terminate old people for the exact same reasons, no quality of life, that's another phrase, quality of life, then how long is it going to be before they want to terminate anyone who doesn't have quote unquote quality of life? And that can happen to any of us at any time.
1: And who so, gets to decide? Hey. Who gets to decide what living a full life is? You know, like well, who, exactly. who gets to be the it's measure of objective. that of that judgment? At any rate, uh, we're, we, that music means we're out of time. Cynthia Morales has been our guest. The, the website is shoutmystory.org. Do us a favor, dear audience. Go there, watch the film, and then share that, uh, the Incompatible Life documentary, as well as all the other films with your friends and your family, all of your social media. Let's get the word out. Praise be to God. Cynthia, thank you for your time today.
5: Thanks for having
1: me. God love you, and God bless you. And uh, we pray that this will be a, just an incredible success. We want we want a billion views, but let's let it be the first billion view video on planet Earth. That'd be amazing. All right, that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. If you can join us in the second hour, we would love to have you. Today is the day we give out the prize and pull a name from the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. You can find the links to our show uh, feeds on grnonline.com forward slash
0: cdt. We'll see you on
1: Monday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. God love you.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed
2: and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station.
0: Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time.
2: Again, that's
1: facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time.
0: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now,
7: and God love you.
8: Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that he give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio, learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get in Into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four. Always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity. An opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five. Don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what i call the doctrinal dance you get asked about purgatory mary the pope sacraments all in rapid fire succession before you can answer one question you're asked another then another just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say then move on rule number six never be afraid to say i don't know when asked a question about your faith don't try to wing it however always follow i don't know with but i will find out and get back to you and make sure you do A beacon of truth in a troubled world.
0: This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time Keeping you informed and inspired We
7: love God, we ought to be
0: able to talk about Him Getting you started on your day With the latest in breaking news and information From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz Praise be to
1: Jesus Christ Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time Keeping you informed and inspired I'm your host, Joe McLean So good to be on with you, praise be to God It's Friday. We have survived it so far. To God be the glory. Um, We're going to have a great hour this hour. This is the day. Fridays are the day when we pull out a winner out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize by Providential Co. I think it's a $100 plus value package this week. So we're pretty excited about that. So if you want your opportunity, stand by the last chance to get your... Three chances to win, so every contestant gets three opportunities into the cup. We pull the winner out on Fridays. It's a lot of fun. So that's coming up in the the, uh, Fear and Trembling Game Show. Of course, we're going to do Breaking News and Stories with Emily. We're going to do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we'll do an after show where you, our dear listener, get to drive the conversation. Whatever you want to talk about is on the agenda. All you have to do is comment And let us know what you want to talk about. And I've already seen a first-time commenter today. And it's our, it's our, uh, one of our things is to always recognize first-time commenters. So we'll be doing that in the after show today as well. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez.
2: Good morning, Joe, and happy, happy Friday. We made it to the end of the week.
1: Praise be to God. We should get like uh, a gold star or something for every Friday that we make. <laughs> I have you know? participa- participation trophies for y'all. Yeah, not for me because I missed a day. <laughs> or like you know, like one of those big. Uh, what do you call those when you were kids and you got like a a stamp? A stamp. I, I love stamps. But you get like a paper. Those
2: were so stamps. fun. I stamped all over my walls and that and that when I was little.
3: <laughs> Your parents must have loved it. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I was an artist. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Praise no, God! And I have this weekend. I'm going to be on retreats. I'm leading a retreat. Another for, one. Yes. Yes. Oh, so awesome. I'm, I'm leading retreat for these kids at uh, Saint Augustine Catholic Church. So pray for the kids that they um, receive. Uh, I don't know the light of Christ. Or something. Pray for them. Pray praise for them. Be to God. They're going to have to deal with me for a weekend. So, yes, uh, great penance in that
1: opportunity for sure. Uh, praise be to God. Well, we're going to be praying for them. We're going to be praying for all of you, dear listeners, and whatever your needs are. And if you're hanging out with us on the video chat, you're always welcome to leave your prayer intentions in the com box. Praise be to God. Christopher Chance says, hashtag You Made It to Friday. Congratulations. Brand new hashtag. Christopher Chance is like our in-house uh, hashtag generator. So he just <laughs> starts pumping them out. Um, but at any rate, we're going to be praying for you. But here at the team, we're praying for our radio postulate, the Guadalupe Radio Network, and I'm praying for God's divine providence to provide for us someone to fill in, uh, to join the team after Emily departs in May. She, of course, is heading home, so we're praying for her and for her future, for God's will for her. But uh, we need to round out the team, so we're looking for the best candidate to do that. And we uh, we have a short list, praise be to God, but we're... We're praying and discerning. So, at any rate, we're praying for that. And let's dive, dive in. There's so much to get into today. I'm very excited. We'll, oh, before I do that, but let me just tell you we're going to post the conversation with Cindy Cynthia Morales. So we just, or Cindy Morales, forgive me. We talked to her in the last hour about ShoutMyStory.org. Great conversation. We're going to be posting that later today on YouTube, on Rumble, even on Facebook. But I wanted to mention really quickly that if you're hanging out with us on Facebook, and you're wondering why you never get notifications? It's probably, probably easy for me to say, right? It's Friday. It's probably because you don't both like and follow the page, and you got to hit the bell notification on Facebook side. I wanted to mention that uh, notifications are driven by that. So, and they've really started to follow the YouTube model. So you might want to look into that. All right, let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.
2: Work began on Tuesday on the completion of the spire atop the Virgin Mary's Tower of Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, and is scheduled to be completed this December. The spire will terminate with a 12-point star 24 feet in diameter made of textured glass and illuminated from within, symbolizing the morning star, the sign of the Virgin Mary and the Mother of Jesus, the faithful protector who guides us to Jesus by day and by night. The cornerstone of this basilica was laid in 1882, The Basilica is the masterpiece of Antonio Gaudi, who devoted 43 years of his career to the project. A date for the project's completion has been set for 2026, 100 years after Gaudi died in a car accident. Since his death, the progress has been based on the artist's plaster models and copies of his drawings, which had been partially destroyed in a fire set during the Spanish Civil War and which were later reconstructed. The architect was a devout Catholic and has numerous modernist architectural pieces throughout the Barcelona. His cause for canonization was opened in Rome in 2003. Claire Colwell, who survived an abortion attempt, has written a new book entitled Survivor, an abortion survivor's surprising story of choosing forgiveness and finding redemption. Colwell's mother was pregnant with twins and had undergone a dilation and evacuation, D&E abortion a common second-trimester abortion that results in the dismemberment of the child. After several weeks, her mother returned to the doctor and was told that she had twins and that only one of the twins had been aborted. Claire, the surviving twin, now speaks out about abortion and has testified before members of the Kentucky State Legislature on a proposed heartbeat abortion ban in 2019 and also testified before members of the Texas State Legislature on a bill requiring care for abortion survivors. She says people tell her all the time, Claire, because of you, because of the way that you have been able to forgive, because of the way that you shared that God has forgiven you and has forgiven your birth mother, I believe now that my child forgives me and that my God forgives me. Pope Francis met with a water polo team on Thursday and shared a message about the importance of teamwork. The team is made up of multiple Olympic athletes, including an American, Ben Halleck, who hopes to be a part of the U.S. men's national team in the Tokyo Olympics this summer. The Holy Father said, When I speak with athletes, I say the same thing, the same two things. Teamwork is the first thing. In sports, the biggest defeat for an athlete is to work, to play, alone. Pope Francis said that his second piece of advice to athletes was not to lose. The amateur spirit of sport, because this is the true source of the mystique of sports. The water polo team from Liguria, northern Italy, gave Pope Francis a pennant signed by each of the athletes, athletes, and one player also gifted the Pope a water polo cap for the Argentine national team. The team president, Maurizio Felugo, said, "...in such a difficult period, Pope Francis is a beacon that illuminates our path, which is made up of joy, passion, but also of sacrifice." I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
1: Praise be to God in all things. Blessed Maria Gabriella Sagadu, pray for us. Blessed Maria Gabriella was born on March 17, 1914, on Sardinia, which is an island just off the coast of Italy, born to a family of shepherds. As a child, she was described as obstinate, critical, protesting, and rebellious, but loyal and obedient. She would say no to a request, but then act on it at once. At 18, she became gentler. Her temper abated. She became involved in prayer and charity and joined a Catholic youth movement. At 21, she entered the Trappistine Monastery. When she was accepted, her attitude finally became, quote, now do what you will, unquote. When the community's leader explained a request for prayer and offering for the great cause of Christian unity, Blessed Maria Gabriella felt compelled to offer her young life to the cause. Though she'd never been sick before, she suddenly developed tuberculosis. In a mere 15 months spent in prayer for unity, it took her to her death. She would say, quote, "...in simplicity of heart, I gladly offer everything, O Lord." The Lord put me on this path. He will remember to sustain me in the battle. To his mercy, I entrust my frailty. I saw in front of me a big cross. I thought that my sacrifice was nothing in comparison to his. I offered myself entirely, and I do not withdraw the given word god's will whatever it may be this is my joy my happiness my peace i will never be able to thank enough i cannot say but these words my god your glory Unquote. blessed maria gabriella pray for us the gospel today comes to us from john chapter 6 verses 52 through 59 And my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. These things he said while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As I said the last hour, John 6 was so critical for me in my conversion, my saying yes to God, saying yes to his Catholic Church. I needed to know just how literal he was being here in this passage because I had heard so many times from so many evangelical anti-Catholic Protestant preachers say he was just being symbolic, just being figurative, just being metaphorical. And yet you see the word for flesh is… Uh, uh, this word in the Greek, original Greek, that means like a dripping hunk of meat, you know, to chew, to gnaw, It's very literal words being used, let alone the the sheer number of times Jesus doubles down on saying, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. My blood is, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. He repeats it over and over and over again. And still, the Jews just could not see past the end of their nose to realize the gift Jesus is trying to give us, not, not his earthly human flesh as much as his divine glorified flesh, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist, his actual life communicated to us under the guise, under the pretense, under the, the appearance of what is normal bread, but is not. It is, in fact, heavenly manna, and he gives it to us, and we just shake our heads like the stubborn Israelites in the wilderness. It's crazy. Adrian,
3: what did you find? Uh, yes, there's a lot here, as always. And the thing that I uh, – a couple things. One, here it says that they, the Jews quarreled among themselves. That means that there were some Jews that believed and some that did not. Um, then all of them end up believing him after he doubles down and triples down and quadruples down on this statement – now, what is happening here? Of course, we don't read the part where they leave. That's John chapter six, verse sixty-six. That, that happens at uh, coincidence. I don't know. You tell me. And the and so here we see. I'm going to take this opportunity to approach the modern understanding of the Eucharist and the lack of belief in the Eucharist. We found out recently that uh, the majority of Catholics do not believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. This is shocking. This is horrible. So, what is the real presence of the Eucharist? It is the belief that, the, that when the priest says the words of consecration, this is my body, this is my blood, that by the power of God, the accidents, the appearances of bread and wine cease uh, or remain, but the substance, that is, that which it is, transforms, it is, trans, uh, it is uh, transubstantiated, into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. What does this mean? That means when we receive the Eucharist, when we adore our Lord in the the Blessed Sacrament, when we walk into a church, why do we genuflect to the tabernacle? Because our Lord and Savior, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ is present there. Do we think about this? Do we meditate on this? Every time we walk into a church, are we chatting it up in the church, or are we solemn? Because our Lord and Savior is right there. If you were in the presence of a king, of an earthly king, would you not be in silence? Would you not be deferential to him? But when we walk into a church, we treat it like it's our house. We treat it as if we're not in the throne room, that we're not before the judgment seat of God, that we're not before he who is almighty and all powerful. Uh, So let's meditate upon that. How do we treat the blessed sacrament? How are we acting when we're in the presence of the blessed sacrament? I think that's the uh, the point to meditate on for today. Amen.
1: Praise be to God. All right. uh, Coming up after this very short break, we're going to be playing Fear and trembling it is a catholic trivia game show where our contestant could possibly win a very cool prize three last chances to get in on that is happening next right after this break the phone number is 877-757-9424 877-757-9424 don't even need to know the answers it's that easy all that coming up right after this very short break catholic drive time and fear and trembling is next
5: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.org.
7: Protestants like to use James 2.10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin.
4: Joe
8: McClain!
1: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please, do me a favor. Do not share this publicly with anyone, okay? So just keep this between us. But we like to do a few things here. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we like to share a little bit, and you always learn something you probably did not know before. We also like to have a little laugh in the process, and prizes are given away, and today's the day we give out the prizes. So it's kind of a winner for everybody involved, and it's a lot of fun. But here's the kicker. If you're just joining us and you're new here and you're like, what in the world is going on? I have Catholic, official Catholic trivia questions in my hand, three of them, three opportunities, and uh, the caller who is our contestant will not have to answer these questions specifically because we don't ask them. They don't even need to know the answers. We ask Emily, we ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize.
4: Tell them what they could win, Emily.
2: This week's prize sponsor, and it's the last day of their sponsorship here, is Providential Company. You can find them on their website, providential.co. This is a Texas-based Catholic shop. You can also find them on Instagram and Facebook. And this week they're giving away a prize pack that includes a victory votive candle that smells like church incense, uh, as well as an Our Lady of Guadalupe print and a Memento Mori enamel pin. And now the this candle is actually completely sold out on their website. So if you are this week's winner, you will get this sold out candle for free from Providential Company. Thank you.
1: Praise be to God. Thank you, Providential Company, for generously underwriting the prize this week. We're very grateful. Last week it was Cameron from Alabama that won, and uh, I know we were connecting him with his uh, prize, so praise God for that. And all the callers, there was a lot of callers this week, so if you don't get in today, Monday's a new opportunity, new prizes are involved, please try to call back then, but let's go to the phones here. It looks like we have some returning veterans on the program this morning. Valerie and Elijah, good morning to you.
5: Good morning, Joe. Praise
1: be to God. Elijah, are you there?
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> good morning, Elijah. It's good to hear from you again. It's been a while since you've played the game.
5: It's yeah. been a long time. It usually just makes me play. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Elijah, we're very grateful. Now, remind us you guys are up in the Fort Worth, Dallas Fort Worth area. Elijah, where do you go to school?
5: Um, Friendship Elementary. In nice. Keller.
1: In Keller. Praise be to God. And what grade are you in, Elijah?
5: Second.
1: What's your favorite subject? I don't really
5: have
1: one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's an honest answer, Elijah. Praise God for that. Uh, Well, someday you will, I promise. Something will come up and you'll be like, I love that. That's awesome. Uh, All right, Elijah, are you ready to play again? You know the rules, right? You know how this is done. Yes. So Emily and Adrian can be very tricky. You just got to listen carefully, and uh, and we'll just see how it all goes here today. My microphone's not behaving. All right, here we go. We're going to start with Emily, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. Emily, can you tell me who is the patron saint of
2: Housewives? Of Housewives. Hmm. There's a lot of possibilities here, but I'm going to go with, I believe it is St. Anne, who is the grandmother of Jesus Ooh. and the mother of Mary. Okay, okay. St. Anne. Let's
1: see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me who is the
3: patron saint of Housewives? That, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go with St. George the Dragonslayer. St. George the Dragonslayer. Yes.
2: Pa- patron saint of housewives? Housewife? Well, I mean,
3: he saved a, is that be- saved a wife. Because right? housewives have to
1: slay a lot of dragons at the house? I mean, have yeah. you been to my house I lately? Mean, is that what you're trying to say? Those dust bunnies get kind of rowdy, you know? And so do children and husbands. All right, let's just see what happens here. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for St. George, the dragon slayer. And Emily is on the hook for St. Anne, the grandmother of Jesus. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Elijah, what say you? Emily. <laughs> Survey says... Woo! Way Sir to go, Elijah. Said. I mean, uh, I need my... Uh, <laughs> duh. Yeah, I was looking for the duh button. I need, I need my duh. 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 Like, that was easy, right, Elijah? That was pretty easy. Yeah. 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 That was fairly easy. Well, let's just see how the next one goes. This one could be interesting. We'll have to keep it uh, PC. You got that, crew? All right, here we go. A- Adrian, we'll start with you. Adrian, can you tell me what
3: is cursing? Uh, cursing. That would be the... Um, let's see. I would say the calling down of some evil on a person, place, or thing. Hmm. Okay. Like,
2: calling like down, putting a curse on someone?
3: Calling down evil upon someone. Got it. Or something. Or someplace.
1: Got, okay. Let's see what Emily has to say here. Emily, can you tell me what is cursing?
2: So cursing is that old-fashioned way of writing where it's kind of fancy and loopy.
3: (laughs) Makes sense. That's cursing?
1: Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Like the John Hancock.
2: Yeah, like when you write the old-fashioned way of writing, yeah, you know, it looks kind of fancy.
1: That's what's meant? Okay. Okay. So uh, Emily is on the hook for cursing is writing. Writing fancy. (laughs) Writing fancy. Excuse me. And uh, Emily, no, that's Emily. Adrian is on the hook for cursing is the calling down of some evil on a person place or thing. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Elijah, what say you?
4: Adrian
3: <laughs> survey says There wow. we go. The the, the uh, cursive Cursive, you know, that's, that's two not, that's not for bad. Two. Cursive was...
2: I, I really thought <laughs> Cursing, I was going to trick
5: you, Elijah. You
1: couldn't come up with a better answer. Elijah, do you know what cursive is? I'm not even sure they teach that anymore. My poor grandmother's rolling they over right now. They just started teaching it. Did oh, they? See? Oh, so you it. do know what it is. Elijah, I... I'm, he knows
4: I'm, he can't read it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I know. Trust me. Yeah, well, you, good job. You smelt that one out pretty good. Uh, you are in the <laughs> coffee cup of Divine Providence for two chances now, Elijah. You got nearly a perfect score. Uh, third times, let's just see how it goes here. This is a tricky one, though. So let's uh, listen carefully. Uh, no. We're going back to Emily this time. Emily, can you tell me? The philosophy that all war is inherently wrong and forbidden by the gospel is called what?
2: Uh... The philosophy? This is a hard question. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I didn't know Elijah was going to be on today. I'm going to go with, I think this is called (laughs) pacifism, like peaceful, being peaceful.
1: Okay. 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 Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me the philosophy that all war is inherently wrong and forbidden by the gospel is called what?
3: Hmm. That's a tough one. Okay. I'm going to go with, hmm, war hawkism. (laughs)
2: <laughs> what?
3: Warhawkism. Oh. That's a philosophy? Never it's a heard philosophy. of that it before. It is a philosophy. Okay.
2: Wow.
1: <laughs> Adrian is on the hook for Warhawkism. Uh, the Alabama listeners are really happy right now. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for <laughs> Warhawkism, and Emily is on the hook for pacifism. It's a deep philosophical question, Elijah. 15 seconds. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Emily? Survey says...
8: Whoa, congratulations, three for three, yeah. three.
1: for three. I don't know how you did it, Elijah. I did
5: it's- not help at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elijah, you're so smart. concentrating on driving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to God. Let's keep it safe. Let's be very pacifistic while driving. How about that? Uh, congratulations, Elijah. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence for three chances right as we speak right now. Uh, Emily is uh, is putting your name in there, and she's about to mix everything up. And then uh, I'm going to keep you guys on the air because it could be God's divine providence that your name is pulled out, or it could be someone else's we're about to find out. She is shaking. She is trying to find a name. I'm trying to be fair here. She's trying to uh, keep it real. Okay. Okay. I have a name. We have a name.
2: What? It's Valerie and Elijah. You guys won. There you
1: go. (laughs) Congratulations, Elijah. You are the winner. How do you feel? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> good. Well, there you go. Praise God. I'm glad you feel good. Uh, you are going to get connected to Providential Co., and they're going to be sending you the prize pack. Big prize this week. Praise God. But, awesome. uh God love you both. God bless you. I'm going to put you on hold so Emily has your contact info. But uh, have a great day, Elijah, at school.
5: I do want to tell... Um
6: adrian that he's been singing
1: jesus is a friend of mine all morning don't encourage him (laughs) don't encourage him okay god love you i'm gonna put you on hold (laughs) Uh, 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 all right we're gonna put you on hold now we gotta sign (laughs) off but uh god bless you and god love you have a great weekend valerie and elijah have a great day at school that is going to do it for the radio side hopefully you can join us in the after show where we'll conversate and be silly and throw inside jokes around and and praise all of our first-time commenters. You can hang out with us on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Facebook, and you can find the links to all of that on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And if you're going to go to Mass, you're going to listen to Mass, please keep us in your prayers. We'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. God love you. God bless you.
0: Have a great weekend.
7: And God love
1: you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the after show where we conversate about whatever it is on your heart, on your mind, whatever you want to talk about, you get to drive the conversation through your comments. All you got to do is comment wherever you're hanging out, wherever you're listening. Just let us know what's on your mind. If you're brand new, if you've never commented before, we give special uh, praise and thanks to those first-time commenters. So make sure that we understand you're a first-time commenter. We did see some first-time commenters. Um, during the show, so we'll be doing that here in a moment as soon as Adrian gets back from the phone lines. He's uh, saying goodbye to uh, Valerie and Elijah. Great contestants this morning, right, Emily?
2: Yes. Uh, Elijah, you made my day. And so smart. An eight-year-old, yeah. I, I mean, second grade, probably eight years old, got those questions right.
1: Yeah, praise be to God. Right, your cursive question, I was just like, this poor kid. I didn't even know if he knew what cursive was. Uh, he did. and He did. Wow. He, he can't knew. read it, though. No. Yeah. <laughs> Especially my cursive. Oh, my. It's bad. Um, all right. Let's see. Let's just uh, thank some folks for hanging out with us this morning. Josh Patterson, good morning to you, sir. Thanks for hanging out. Praise be to God. Uh, Jesus, uh, he's got a lot of comments here trying to uh, f- encourage Adrian and his, uh, Jesus is a friend of mine, shenanigans. Uh, Joaquin, uh, good one. He really likes something you said. He said, good one, Emily. I'm not sure what I was referring uh, thank to. Thank you. <laughs> the dragon slayer. Yeah.
2: It is his feast day today.
1: Yeah, praise be to God. I know, I was almost going to go with him, but, I mean, who has ever heard of Blessed uh, Maria Gabriela Segadu? No one. So why not share her story? That's what I thought.
2: Yeah, and she's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Melanie, uh, good morning to you. Melanie is really, uh, you know, she's she's praying for your discernment, Emily.
2: Thank you, Melanie. I Um, appreciate it.
1: Lori and Patty, of course, Susan Weber, good morning, praise be to God. Uh, All on the Facebook side, uh, let's see... I see another lorry there. Who else is over here? Joaquin, good morning. Gloria, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, also on Facebook, Christopher Chance, our ha- hashtag, the hashtag king. David Gonzalez. I got to think David is a brand new commenter, first-time commenter. I
2: believe so. So we're going to be
1: recognizing that in a moment. Let's see who else is over here. Yolanda, praise be to God. Is Yolanda... A first-time commenter? Mm. Hmm. She also wants us to talk about reparations. I think she is. So we got David Gonzalez, Yolanda. Praise be to God. Thank you for being first-time commenters.
2: And Pablo. Don't forget Pablo. Pablo
1: from Belize. Good morning to you. Thank you for being first-time commenters. God love you. Bruce Tolman. good morning to you, sir. Thanks for hanging out today. Uh, Let's see who else on the Facebook side. Luz! Good morning,
2: Luce and Christopher. Valerie,
1: Valerie was
2: commenting also.
1: Yes, praise be to God. All right, who's on the YouTube
2: side? Over on YouTube, we have Monica, Angelo, Don, Pocahontas. Good morning. Good to morning.
3: You all. Morning, Josh. He's uh, he's on the uh, Catholic Drive Time side, so he doesn't get the. Uh, the what is it? Top fan sticker on because uh. he's on watching from the Catholic Drive Time side. Wow! Well, you got to earn your keep, Josh. Yeah, you to keep plugging, keep plugging. Let's see. And we had a spammer, so I'll delete that.
1: You did. Well, who was our spammer?
3: Uh, there's a uh, we've had. They've been having spammers for a while now. People will just like will jump on. Uh, post links like I just found the cure to cancer Uh, cancer. give me a million dollars and I'll (laughs) give it to you yes Um, so I've been deleting those comments because they're popping up Uh, David man Adrian your words fire me up can I add you on Facebook please yeah sure I'm no problem all all our listeners feel free Alaric good morning to you Don
1: over on YouTube now Don that's interesting you've switched sides (laughs) It's good praise God I'm glad you're there uh, but we, nor- we normally see you over on Facebook, but it's good to see you. Angelo, Monica, got your email, Monica. God love you and God bless you. Monica's very happy that you were late yesterday. Why? <laughs> she was like thrilled. Ouch. She was like, uh, praise be to God. She was worried that if you'd got up on time, something bad would have happened. Oh, well, that's, oh good. That's, that's good. Oh, that's true. That's true. It's
2: all about
3: God, divine providence, right? Absolutely. Uh, I
2: prefer Susanna's take, and I'm still waiting on my McDonald's.
1: You
3: breakfast. know what? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. I'll go buy some breakfast after the show and bring it home. Can real. you get the, the pancakes? What are you going to get? <laughs> it's Friday. No meat. Yeah, anything with that? pancakes. Can we can we postpone until Monday? At no. least we get some meat mm. out of the
1: package. No, meat.
3: no meat. Good grief. David L from New Hampshire. Good morning to you, buddy. On Facebook said, uh, "Semper Fi, brother." Semper Fi. <laughs> Is he new, uh, buddy, I, buddy? you have to be. I've never I, seen. I gotta buddy. believe he's new. Praise be to God.
1: Uh, I got out in 95, stationed at Kaneway Bay in Hawaii. Miles 24. I was swinging with a wing, brother. I'm not sure what you were doing. Uh, were oh, you, you're
3: right, were, Josh. Oh, were sorry. you a
1: ground pounder? I'm not sure. What's he say? No breakfast age. Oh. I forgot. Me and him are fasting. Good call. Hashtag accountability. Oh, you caught me, Josh. Hashtag accountability. But, okay. That, I, that s- Emily, that, that shouldn't affect us.
2: No, I'm not fasting, so... <laughs> I mean,
3: he should still have to go.
2: Yeah, that actually doesn't change anything and bring as far breakfast. as I'm concerned. Just because Fine, he can't I'll go eat
3: get it. breakfast for y'all and I, I'll, I'll eat nothing. I'll watch what y'all the eat. Problem is, with him. so uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks,
1: Josh, for reminding me. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jesus, my friend, my friend, Jesus. He um, he was talking about. Uh, you know, Jesus is an old school radio guy. Uh, jesus Robles, because he's a full-time police officer but he's also an old school radio guy so he really appreciates and loves the art and craft of radio so uh you know i was telling i was sharing a bit of my story where we're while while we were waiting on cynthia to join our program is it cindy or Cynthia?
2: full name Cynthia, we call her cindy so
1: i could i I got it right either either one is fine yeah please god (laughs) because i usually get people's names wrong and it's very embarrassing Um, So I was uh, sharing a bit of my own story, which Jesus was a part of that uh, project, that journey that I was on and filming. And I I actually shared a bit of – I produced a small segment of Jesus' story. I have a lot more content for Jesus to put out. Uh, Someday I'll I'll get there, I promise. Uh, It's actually quite powerful. So he was just uh, commenting on me sharing my story of being post-abortive. You can find my film, which I tell my story – about my father wound and my abortion story and all of the rest, you can find that at livinghislife.net. But if you go to, we'll probably post a link to it, I guess, on Vimeo. Vimeo is a great place to find it. Just look for the other side of fear. Joe McLean, the other
3: side of fear, you'll probably find it.
2: Is that your grandma, Adrian? Where? On YouTube. Uh, maybe.
3: Uh, oh, yep, that's, that's my Big fan my of example. your grandma get emily an english muffin hash brown and coffee at mcdonald's wow Wow. (laughs) oh my goodness grandma Uh, called you out thanks grandma thank you grandma i (laughs) I appreciate that grandma can you send me a couple dollars for that (laughs) uh, (laughs) don't do it sorry sorry i meant to ask her that off air sorry wow
1: (laughs) yeah yes sir uh what else let's see here uh joanne joanne good morning uh, that's got to be a first-time commenter. I don't remember if seeing Joanne before. Jo- Wh- where? where are you seeing on, jo- I'm seeing Anne? it on Catholic Drive Time Facebook.
3: Uh, no, I think she is a she's a been here jo- before, H- I think. H- think. Joanne, jo- are you jo- a jo- first-time commenter? Good morning to
2: you. Good morning. Let Praise us be to know. God.
3: Yeah. I'm trying to see. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah. I'm
1: still chuckling over the dragon slayer. I, I, I was of oh, But the funny thing is,
3: I could see it. I mean, I could. I mean, well, yeah. I, my
1: wife could make a case.
3: Well, let, let okay. Me, <laughs> so let me explain my reasoning. My reasoning is one: uh, Saint Bonaventure is a patron saint of bowel movements, and he like literally and, has too much information. And because, he, and I'm sorry. And saint Therese, so patron, patron saint of missionaries. Saint <laughs> missionaries.
2: She never left exactly. her convent.
3: And so I was like, he rescued a uh, woman who was supposed to go get married, and so. I was, the, you know, can make the connection there. And Joanne said that she is a first-time commenter, so you know what that means. She gets. Jesus
1: is a friend of mine. What? It's the friend wrong one. Jesus no, it's the is right a one. Of mine. A of that Jesus. was the, that was the one. Jesus is a friend of mine.
3: Joanne is Perfect. the first-time commenter. Welcome she, to the family. She gets the
1: hallelujah.
3: Oh right, right, right. My my bad. My what? bad. I forget. I forget sometimes. Uh,
1: sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes? <laughs> Come on. What are we talking man? about? <laughs> Good grief. I, the typical real way, the appropriate way, the best and highest way, like sort of like, you know how you have like the high mass and the high solemn mass kind of thing? The greatest of the great would be the horns of the apocalypse. As a way of just saying thank you for being you a first-time about? commenter.
2: You know, I saw it's someone epic, I saw someone getting into a Twitter fight the other day. Um, I'm always the silent observer. Someone getting into a Twitter fight because they thought that high mass shouldn't be called high mass because it implies that it's better than a low mass, <laughs> which okay. I thought was interesting. Because also is the so woman
3: PC culture. The woman
2: claimed she was a liturgist.
3: Ah, uh, she probably is, to be honest. Like the people who are liturgists... there's a, this. Is, there's a joke in a lot of the Catholic circles that liturgists are like the everybody's least favorite people because they have. Tons of opinions, and uh, yeah, it's, it's so wacky. The whole, yes, there are, there is a hierarchy of good and bad in the spiritual life. Uh, most clearly exemplified in Our Lady being the Queen of Heaven and Earth, and St. Joseph receiving proto-Dulia, Our Lady receiving hyper-Dulia. There's a hierarchy of angels. The whole entirety of the spiritual life is a hierarchy. It's, it's just true. Uh, and so that's why we have greater and lesser prayers. For instance, Saying, going to Mass, going to Holy Mass is the highest prayer you can have. Praying the Holy Rosary is a very high form of prayer. Uh, saying one Hail Mary when you wake up is a good prayer, but it's not as good as saying a rosary. There is hierarchy to our prayers. And so the same thing is said for the Mass. A Mass said in solemnity, said at a high altar, said with all the vestments, said with a Gregorian chant, um, with all the proper vestments, with all the proper servers, this is a more dignified way of worshiping God and is therefore receiving more grace, uh, receiving more uh, than rather than less. There's a general principle in the spiritual life. You get what you ask for the knock and you will receive a uh, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. So asking you shall receive right. And in, in a solemn high mass, there are more prayers, There are more things happening. Um, So it's objectively just a higher form of the Mass. And that's just talking about within the Latin Mass. You have solemn high Masses. You have um, low Masses. You have Misa Cantata's. And then you also have an apostolic mass or a mass with a bishop. And so these these are, have various hierarchies to them. And so it's, it's nonsensical to say that one is not higher than another. I, I've
2: been to a pontifical high mass one time. It was incredible. That's like as high liturgically as you can get.
3: I would love to do that someday. I've never been to a pontifical mass Um, yeah, that's super cool. So yeah, that's, it's just, it's so silly that people have this idea. It's like, it's like egalitarianism. egalitarianism. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Amen. Uh, see, this is why I'm sad that Emily's going to be going. Uh, but yeah, so well, egalitarianism, go, the equality, meaning like everything needs to be equal. And that's just not how the life works, not here nor in the afterlife. Uh, in hell, there will be a lowerarchy. In heaven, there will be a hierarchy.
2: Yeah, levels of hell. That's
3: what like exactly. Dante wrote about. Exactly. So, did, you, uh, mm-hmm. did you see? Uh, there was
1: another first time commenter here on, uh, by the way, first of all, Joaquin. Oh. Amen, brother. Preach it. Hashtag the horns. It's epic, I agree, brother. All right, but Mary, Mary is Mary Barone a brand new commenter? I think so. Possibly. She says she She says the difference between a liturgist and a communist. One can negotiate with a communist.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny because
6: absolutely savage. That's right.
1: Whoa. Uh, yeah. Uh, your, uh, our buddy Jesus Robles,
3: is, he's, he loves the show because it helps him write his papers, apparently. He said, he's going to, he said, proto dulia, hyper dulia. I'm taking notes. I'm writing these terms on my paper <laughs> so I can, uh, sprinkling them in to reach 14 pages. <laughs> 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 just just yeah. note, here's, here's, here's the word you use throughout your paper just to increase word count. Ontology. Just keep sprinkling ah. that around, because the word literally just means being, so it always applies.
2: <laughs> I'm going to yeah. use that. I'm also writing a couple theology papers just right now. Just quote
3: the early
1: church fathers. Just make it 14 pages of quotes and be done with it.
2: I literally did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, put, I put 10 pages of quotes and then put a little bit of my own <laughs> writing <right>. in between. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Exactly. That's how you write a paper. That's
1: how you get her done right there. <laughs> Uh, Lewis says, We will miss you so much, Emily. Oh. I know it. There you go. We miss you guys too. There you go. Uh, Christopher Chan says, I often repeated salvation history to make my theology papers long enough. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Well, that is the way the early. I mean, St. Stephen did
3: that, didn't he? You mean like Bishop Shelton's homilies? Yes. Oh. Easy now. Now, seriously. His, he goes through for his confirmations. He'll literally just go through all of salvation history. It's like a 45-minute homily. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny.
2: I love it. Like, every priest has that one homily that you hear them give all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: True story. <laughs> True story. Praise be to
1: God. All right. Let's see here. I think that's most of the comments. And let's, you guys, you're feel, comment, and we just, we'll sit here and read them because we love it. You guys, you guys are the best part of the show, to be honest with you. Um, I, let me mention this again, though. I mentioned this during the show. a lot of times people are like i 'm not receiving the notifications on facebook it 's fairly obvious you got to hit the bell notification right you got youtube what did I say facebook, facebook? but no actually it 's correct. Facebook is doing the same thing now um youtube you 're right. I meant to say youtube youtube it 's obvious hit the bell notification, but on facebook it 's now the same thing, according to an article put out by facebook uh which i can i 'll link to it i 'll post it in the comments. It says for live video notifications, you have to actually hit the bell notification now. Well, and they don't, they don't have a bell notification. Button? They do according to this. If you look at Where? it right here, uh, come over here and I'll show it to you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll post it in well, the comments. Because I'm looking for a bell notification to click. You can see it. Maybe it's on the mobile app side, but they actually have an icon that looks like a bell, just like on on YouTube. Hmm. And you actually have to click it and to get the notifications. And when people go live, so but here's make sure you're following our page on Facebook. Uh, Not just like, but follow as well. And then if you see an icon, then click it. If you don't, then I guess don't worry about it. But according to this article, you actually have to click the, uh, the bell. And, of course, on YouTube, you know what to do. Click the bell. Praise be to God. But I posted the link to the article so you can see it for yourself. Um, Josh says,
2: I was trying to get up at 6 for the show, but that just wasn't happening, so best I can do is 7. That's okay, Josh. Um, Even Adrian does that sometimes. (laughs) You're horrible.
3: (laughs) Wow. Oh, my goodness. Ouch.
2: You know what I'm saying? What's
1: up with that? What's
4: up with that? My friends.
1: There's this brand new invention. It's the coolest thing. It's called an alarm clock. You set it, and it wakes you <laughs> up at the time you want to get up. Uh, results may vary. Results <laughs> are obviously vary quite a bit.
3: <laughs> praise, ouch. Praise ouch. me to get roasted. <laughs> <laughs> roasted. Dang. Melanie, uh, ouch. <laughs> yep, that's, it's,
1: it's happened I'm to sorry.
2: all
3: of us.
1: <laughs> Everybody now we, and again. We've all been there. We've all been there. It's Slam, just, it's Melanie says. It's just a says. part of life.
3: Unfortunately, Adrian's just worse at it than the rest. No you know, deal. You know. I've no decided I'm no longer sad. Emily's leaving. I just, you know, I just decided right now.
4: <laughs> That's rough. Yeah,
3: bye. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. I should get that
4: on a button, too. <laughs> yeah, we should,
1: shouldn't we? Uh, anyway, we're going to get in trouble. We're, we're, just, we're really bad. Um, Christopher Chance. I suspect my professors got tired of me writing about the problem of evil and the solution of the cross. Uh, but they never called me out on it. <laughs> Good times.
4: <laughs> Jesus.
1: Yeah. What's he saying?
2: I smelled chicken because oh, <laughs> you got ouch, roasted. Because <laughs> <ouch, laughs> you got roasted.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a red meat kind of person. I, so uh, maybe, maybe like a steak. Yeah. yeah. No. Don't bar- talk about barbacoa. meat on Friday. <laughs> you would smell barbacoa if you started roasting. <gasps> Not
2: on Friday, guys. Please. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know,
1: somebody wanted us to talk about reparations. Who was that? Uh, let's back. It was here. one of our first time commenters. Yes. Praise be to God. Let's see. She meant
2: like Catholic reparations, right? I don't
3: know. I'm not sure. Yolanda. Yolanda wanted us to talk about re- reparations. Fairly certain she meant Catholic reparations because she put prayer hands in a dove. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think about that? It's good stuff. Good. Yeah. Good oh, stuff. Making mm-hmm.
1: reparations.
2: Every first Friday.
1: Yes. Uh, you don't, Are you sure she doesn't mean like the reparations that are coming up in the headline news, like the Jesuits uh, paying reparations? You know, uh, I find that a fascinating topic, actually. There's a great book. Um, if you want to learn more about Catholics being involved in the slave trade during the 19th century in America, uh, there's a great book called Faith and Fury, The Rise of Catholicism During the Civil War by Father Charles Connor. We actually had him on as a guest. What was that?
2: Yeah, that was a while back. A while
1: back, yeah. Now. Um, it's a good book. I highly encourage you to read it. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. I'll link to it. But um, and in the book you'll you'll discover the Jesuits actually owned a slave plantation, which is part of the reason why they're mm-hmm. talking about making reparations. So I was, I'm not sure, Yolanda, if you're talking about making reparations for sins, well, that's a better topic to talk about. But I wasn't I, sure what you were
3: referring to. I'm pretty sure she meant um, reparations for sins because of the prayer hands and the dove. Um, makes it seem that she was talking about that, but I'm not sure. But Lori said, explain First Fridays and First Saturdays. Uh, so Our Lady Fatima appeared, and she asked for uh, the First Fridays reparations. And so we uh, the fr- five First fr- uh, Fridays specifically is what she asked for, but now we kind of do it every Friday because – Uh, every first Friday of the month, all 12 months of the year. Why do we do that? Because the, a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people don't do the reparations. So we do extra for uh, everyone who's not doing it, but we, we all should. And what, what does this constitute? We need to go to, uh, Mass, uh, go to confession, receive the Blessed Sacrament, and pray and meditate upon, uh, five mysteries of the Holy Rosary. That's the, that's it. That's all you have to do. And we're making reparations for sins and outrages against the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The First Saturday devotion, this is referred uh, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, if I'm not mistaken. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain that it's in regards to the Sacred Heart of Jesus devotion. And so you will go to, on a Saturday and you will pray the prayers of um, for the Sacred Heart. Uh Emily?
2: I think Fridays are Sacred Heart. And oh, did I get them reversed? Sundays are... Saturdays. Saturdays, sorry, are Immaculate Heart, yeah.
3: Okay, then yes. Reverse everything I said and put it the other way. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yes. And what? why do we make reparation? Well, Scripture... And actually, it's kind of funny. Last night, I was I couldn't sleep last night because, you know, I, I slept so much yesterday. Uh, <laughs> and so the... Um, so he I roasted
2: was, himself that time. Yeah, <laughs> I had to. I, had to. I had
3: to. But so there's... I was reading the um, "Read Me or Ru It" by Father Sullivan uh, OP, and in it, it's about um, purgatory. And I was reading it last night, and I was like scaring myself. So <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, it's just, he was talking about how long people will spend in purgatory, Oof. and um, and he said, for instance, he gave the example: you, even the just man, sins seven times a day. How many days of your life do you live? Even though you're forgiven for all those sins that you have, um, sinned, all those, all those sins are forgiven when you go to confession, but reparation still has to be made for it. How is that made in purgatory? And so he said, just imagine this. Imagine you get one year of purgatory for every sin you commit, every, every single one. So even if you're a just man, you're pretty much like the best of the best. You're sinning seven times a day, at least venially. And so if you add this up, you're going to have thousands and thousands of millions and millions of years in purgatory. So how do we get out of purgatory? Well, prayers of reparation. We have to uh, offer up our sufferings for those souls in purgatory. That's why we have to instill in our children and our family, this devotion to the souls in purgatory, because you don't want to end up in purgatory and have no one there to pray for you. Otherwise you're going to be there until the coming, the second coming of Christ. So, and the fire of purgatory is just as bad as the fires of hell. The only difference being that there're fires that will end uh, Fulton Sheen gives the gives the comment, "Hell is fire with uh with no love, Purgatory is fire with love mm. and heaven is love with no fire amen so uh that's the the um, that's kind of the analogy for that, so we need to make reparation uh what else because all of our sins our wounds against the sacred heart of Jesus and the, of the Heart of Mary. We are attacking our Lord. Every time we commit a sin, we crucify him. We are nailing uh, his hands to the cross, his feet to the cross. We're the ones scourging his back. Every wound in his back is done by us. The blood dripping down from his His forehead, that the, that the crown of thorns are driven into his skull. That was us. We did those things. And so we had to make reparation for them. And how do we do that? By prayer, by fasting. Um, these little things that we can do to make reparation for such infinite offenses against him. And it's only by the mercy of God that we're able to make reparations because otherwise there's nothing we can do that can reparate for the sins we've committed against God. It is only his mercy that allows us to make reparation. Amen. Mm
2: -hmm. Josh
3: says,
1: reading about purifying hellfire every catholic's favorite bedtime story
2: (laughs) i prefer to pray the rosary (laughs) i I was reading
3: it because it's really small uh because laurie said book list it's super small it's like this big it's like like very very tiny Uh, so i highly recommend you can read it in a night and so that's why i read it because it's super tiny yeah amen Mm -hmm. praise be to god
1: um let's see we have about six minutes on the clock and uh what else is on your mind dear listeners we'd love to love to know um let's see i'm looking at also next week's lineup. who was here. that
2: saint who when they died um they were the like they came back and said they were the only person that went to heaven that day oh, straight to heaven at them yes. and like one other person do you I know what i'm talking about yes
3: i know exactly what you're talking about i don't remember who that was yeah i, but I remember the story uh yeah it's crazy yeah the vast 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 majority of people will spend some time in purgatory Uh, That's why traditionally you would have masses said, 40 masses said for the person's soul. And uh, Father Sullivan, because he's a Dominican, he gave the analogy, um, Dominicans in their priories pray every single year on the anniversary of every master general, all the way going back to Holy Father Dominic, and we pray for their soul that they be released from purgatory. Yeah. That means these people... We're praying for souls that have died 700 years ago and not just 700 years ago or 800 years ago, I guess. And not just that, but also like super holy people. The superior generals of the Dominican order in general have been incredibly holy people, people who have known the faith, have preached the faith. were are living a mendicant life. Um, and even they, uh, the Dominicans are praying for them <laughs> every single year for the rest of eternity because they, uh, they recognize that it's possible that they're still in purgatory.
2: Yeah. And I spent the summer, I, w- I really like going on walks and I spent the summer going on walks through the cemetery and I would pray for the souls there every single day. Um, because you don't know like which one of those souls are still stuck in purgatory. And, um, when you get to heaven, like you're going to be <clears throat> greeted by all the souls that you prayed for that are going to be like, thanks, it was your rosary, it was your Hail Mary that, that was finally what I needed to get from mm. purgatory to heaven. Mm. So I've made, always made it a point to pray for the souls in purgatory because um, y- you're going to want that to be you someday, somebody praying for you.
1: Amen. Amen. Praise Absolutely. be to God. Well, let's see here. Uh, Josh. Joaquin, have a great day to you, brother. Have a great day. Yeah, I know. Like, Josh is like, you know, you guys are back and forth. From, Josh's <laughs> From laughing to uh, to deep theological conversation, the average conversation with
3: Adrian Fonseca sounds about right. Uh, Josh, yeah, that honestly, every time we get together, this is basically our conversations. Uh, he said, "I think we have to remember that passage of time in purgatory isn't known, so it's not as if souls feel seven hundred years of suffering. Actually, it's much worse than that." Father <laughs> Sullivan, <laughs> Father Sullivan Great. said, "Yeah, I, I know." Father Sullivan said, "One moment in purgatory, it feels like a century, so uh, seven hundred years." It's much, much worse than 700 years of suffering. Uh, so well, that, you know, that's the idea. Well, you know, my
1: last will and testament to I've already told my kids, my whole family, that when I die, I want 30 Gregorian masses said for me.
3: Yes, yes. <clears throat> that should, is their you should, job. You should put money aside for that. I, I know a lot of people then <laughs> used to put money aside in order to ask uh, for uh, monasteries to offer those Gregorian masses for people's souls. Yeah. So that is the only
1: thing my kids will have to focus on once once I'm dead.
2: Christopher had a couple good hashtags. He said, hashtag it is much worse than that.
1: (laughs) Me (laughs) every day. Uh, Then
2: earlier on he said, hashtag we owe bacon and chicken to the church.
1: Ooh. Mm.
3: That's interesting.
2: In in fasting, fasting,
1: reparations.
3: Yeah, so that uh, one last thing on it, and then we'll be done with talking about this the pains of purgatory. Uh, a lot of people will say things like, I aim to, uh, I'm aiming for purgatory or, uh, please, things like that. Don't, don't, don't aim for purgatory because if you miss, you're going to hell. Uh, so aim for heaven and just be grateful if you land in purgatory. But, and, uh, rip, pick up the book, super short. He talks about how you can avoid purgatory, receiving indulgences, making reparation while you're alive, mm-hmm. uh, these kind of things. So you can lessen your own time in purgatory and mm-hmm. foster in your families a devotion for praying for your deceased loved ones. Pray mm-hmm. for your deceased, deceased loved ones. Yes. Uh, even those who have died a long time ago, uh, Begin praying for them. So that, that's the last thing I'll say on that.
2: Yes, and remember, Christ said, be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. So we have high standards to live
1: yeah, up to. Amen, amen. Um, we have about two minutes left before we have to say goodbye for the weekend. You know, I wanted to mention, we try, one of the goals we have on this show is to bring to you guests that we find interesting, people that have uh, some expert information, level information on a particular subject. Um, some of them, most of them, we prefer to always talk to Catholics when where possible. Sometimes we can't. For instance, this past week, I think Nick McKinley, although I'm not sure if he is or isn't, um, and although I think I did see a Cairo on his cell phone when he held it up. I have to go back and look at the video again. But my point is, we're always striving for incredible guests to bring great information on particular subjects. Uh, we get a lot of no's. There's a lot of high level guests that won't come on the show for various reasons. Uh and it it can be incredibly frustrating uh to try to bring you the best possible. It's it's a frustrating process to have to get told no quite a bit. I would ask that because you guys are our super fans, you're hanging out to the to the, the bitter end here. You're the super fans. Would you offer that up as a prayer request that the Lord would open doors and give us the ability to reach the best of the best to bring the best possible information to the conversation to enlighten uh you and the rest of our listeners on any particular subject that we're trying to address. I'd be very grateful to you. Uh I don't I don't personally need credit for anything in life, but I really want the show to serve you the audience in a profound way and getting access to some incredible people not even famous people necessarily just the people with the best information i would be grateful so please add that to your prayer list and also of course you know finding emily's replacement is also a big prayer request need as well all right so that's going to do it next week we have uh, right now austin ruse is going to be on the program and it looks like a sherry blumquist And we're still booking up more slots for next week. So pray for that. We'd be very grateful to you. God love you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We're looking forward to seeing you back here on Monday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Take care. Thank you for.